0: Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. (laughs) And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Meg Brunson. Brunson. Hey there. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. We are in the middle of a really special series of interviews with industry-leading experts who also happen to be speaking at the Become Influential Virtual Summit June 8th through 12th. Become Influential is a summit I created and hand-selected each amazing speaker for to support busy parents through the process of building profitable businesses without sacrificing family time. If you haven't already gotten your free ticket to the summit, you can grab that at becomeinfluential.com. Now I'm excited to introduce you to Brittany Ward and talk about influencer marketing, and specifically, how to lose an influencer in 10 ways. Hey, Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Meg, for having me. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to have you. You are one of our fabulous speakers for the Become Influential Virtual Summit, which is happening June 8th through twelfth, and you're going to be presenting on Friday, June twelfth, on influencer marketing. So I would mm-hmm. love for you to start by giving us a, a brief introduction to you and your role um, and your agency, and how you got started in this in this area of influencer marketing.
1: I'm really excited to speak on Friday, and I want to give the audience and um, you know even other speakers some updates on influencer marketing how to leverage it, how to actually create action um, and create really compelling content, but also now more than ever after COVID and the pandemic and quarantine, you know, what does that actually look like? Um, So over the last two and a half years, I started my own agency after working for uh, Fortune 500 brands, Small Mom and Pop franchise and everything sort of in between on the brand side. So for a long, long time, my perspective was that of how do we um, create a client strategy, a brand strategy? How do we leverage the most out of our um, our budget to create the most actionable campaigns? Um, and then even before that, I started with an agency as well. So um, kind of now full circle of having a perspective of Um, having sort of the strings and negotiating the, um, the, the rates and fees, but also the strategy and leveraging that, um, and now being back on the agency side and sort of, um, being the champion of both ends. So being the the client and the influencer and also the brands and, and the budgets, um, it's been an interesting marriage of, you know, tying the two together and, um, Out of my agency, initially we started as a full service and we still do a lot of, um, you know, sort of the full service spectrum um, support, but we spun off from a marketing whisperer to now create Collabs, which is really the brand name that I run all of my social media influencer campaigns for the main reason that it needed an umbrella to follow under uh, social handles that was not focused on other, you know, digital solutions. Um, you know, frequently I would get asked questions of what kind of campaigns are you running? What kind of influencers are you partnering with? So it was a really great way just to point to one spot where we reshare a lot of that content um, and the collaborations that we are working on so people can actually see what it looks like when the rubber meets the road. Um, Awesome. Most recently, we launched a self-service platform on createcollabs.com. And that really was set up Um, to help smaller businesses with smaller budgets that may not be able to afford, um, you know, sort of white glove services, which is what we did. uh, We're doing a lot of for creating strategies and really isolating specific influencers, giving them, researching, negotiating, doing all that. So we launched this self-service platform in order to make it really easy for both sides, the client who knows um, what they're getting and the influencer who doesn't have to haggle, or negotiate or pitch every single time. So it's been a really interesting journey for me. And, um, and certainly now more than ever, I feel like for everyone, you know, learning all of the things now with increased screen time and more people, you know, higher engagement, more people using social media and influencers really able to leverage if they are doing it correctly um, campaigns, you know, for for their own um, profit.
0: So when it comes to influ, I know you work with both brands and influencers. When it comes to influencers, um, do you work w- across the board? So with any content creators, I think I typically think of bloggers, but there's also podcasters. There's you know YouTubers. There are you know there's there's now TikTokers. Like there's all sorts of different yeah. platforms. Do you work with people across all of those platforms?
1: The majority of the folks we work with have a following on Instagram. Um, we have done things on, you know, sort of blogging and YouTube. I will tell you, it's less frequent. Although um, I would not, by any means, say it's not less. It's not as impactful. Um, it's just been from the needs of our clients and the types of influencers that are within our database. Um, but I would say, certainly, don't eliminate. You know, those platforms, if that is where your brand audience is and from sort of the white glove service, we do help create that strategy and craft that um, insight into where should you go? And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, where is your brand? That means where are your demographics of the people who should be most engaged in the types of content that you have for people?
0: And then I'll... I think the the question I get asked a lot is size. So how big of a following do you need to have in order to consider yourself an influencer?
1: You know, I think it used to be kind of a more cut and dry answer, but I define anyone as an influencer who has influence. So that means you could have 10 people and Whatever you post, those 10 people are following along and they're engaged and they are inclined to purchase or visit or use in some way. Remember, that could be a million people. And ultimately, it just depends on um, the goals of the campaign. And I think people automatically, you know, interest in someone selling things. And that's not always the case. There's also, and thank God for this new term now. And I think you know, from an influence perspective, content creator has sort of been the term people are, um, you know, grasping on and sort of moving away from a bit. Uh, the Influencer name um, because it is and can be very watered down. Um, you'll see in, in one of my slides when I present a very interesting fact about um, celebrity endorsements as influencers and how you go about defining a macro versus a micro influencer, the number of followers, the imps actually have. And one of the riveting statistics is, um, you know, Kim Kardashian, for example, we all sort of love to hate and love to love. Um, A lot of her content actually gets less engagement than a Google display ad. Hmm. So are you really creating connections with your audience or is this just another Wheaties box? There is no two way communication and you're really just serving an ad and that's okay if you are. But I think it's an interesting question that should be asked on the front end of your campaign before you go start grasping at number of followers, you know, what is, what is the real metric that you want to define as success?
0: That's a great point and I had no like I never would have never would have even considered the fact that having Kim Kardashian represent you would get you less reach than a Google ad that's crazy right crazy crazy. yeah (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. so now if your goal is to have her face next to your product and you're going to reuse that content and part of what you're paying for is the collaboration of the content creator okay You know, I can see where there's some value in that, but, you know, dollar to dollar, it may not be your best investment.
0: Very interesting. And so this, it also kind of brings you over to the brand perspective. So, from a brand perspective, how do you know if you're going to get a return? Like, knowing that information, how do you know if working with a local Mm -hmm. influencer is going to be a better option than running a Facebook ad or a Google ad?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's sort of, it's an interesting metric because now we're in this digital age where everything should be trackable. But in terms of influencers, there is a component of fluffy, soft PR that just like, you know, sort of TV advertising, there's really no way to track. You are buying people your way into their hearts and minds first before you're actually trying to sell them something. And so if you come out from a a branding perspective, and even from an influencer, you know, I think when you're looking to create content, it cannot be just a commercial break. It has to be an integrated source into your own storyline, right? And and that, you know, just speaks to authenticity. Good God, I hate that word now. It's just like... (laughs) Another, you know, like slang term that we just throw in when it needs something. But um, to be genuine and to only collaborate with people that potentially could be your customer is so important because it will just be a commercial break in the middle of of your content and the brand won't get any real results um, out of that either. So I don't think anyone wins.
0: And when you work with these influencer relationships, are they all paid relationships? So the the brand is paying the influencer or is some of it um, more of like a barter where the influencer or the brand is giving the influencer product in exchange for a review or, or a post, or is there some, some balance of that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And, you know, it is a delicate balance because you want to show that you value people's time Um, from a a brand to an influencer's perspective. You're not, you're not expecting free things. You genuinely want to form that relationship is sort of a, I always preach like a more of a long-term ambassadorship than just sort of a one night stand situation. Um, But there are so many different ways to get paid now. And that could be everything from like a product exchange. It could be affiliate link where you actually get paid when people click to find out more. Um, And that really speaks to your ability to storytell. If people are clicking, right, they don't maybe necessarily have to buy or they're not ready to buy. You can get paid out on commissions. You can just get paid cash money, which is great, but it may not be especially today, you know, in, in terms of where brands and finances and budgets stand, um the way that people are looking to collaborate either. So I think, you know, to be open-minded and to be a bit more fluid with the type of relationship that you're looking for, um, I would say as long as you come in unentitled, you will find you get a lot better response from as an influencer. And, And from a brand's perspective, you also have to realize you're not just paying for impressions. I would say if that's your mentality, go to Google buy the display ad, um, you're paying for the content creation, the story writing, the caption, the photography, um, people's time, um, the the time that it has taken for them to craft their group of followers and engage and answer their direct messages and answer their comments and reshare. And, you know, so there's just so much more that I think when it comes down to it, to expect to be paid as a check is not always the best way. And there are different value metrics, but I, I, I would highly, highly encourage influencers to come prepared with what it is they're actually going to be doing for the brand. Because um, I have seen in, in some cases, they just don't know the value that they they weld, right? And, and so they end up kind of just accepting what comes their way.
0: And that's a great point, I think, is having that, expectation and then being willing to kind of compromise like reach a mutual beneficial arrangement well exactly well well, and (laughs) as as a content creator myself I'm having a network of people who many of whom will be attending this summit who are content creators in their own way shape or form I think the biggest thing I get asked Mm -hmm. a lot is about monetizing and about forming those influencer relationships. And it's for that reason that I'm really so excited to have you presenting on Friday, June 12th at the Become Influential Virtual Summit, because I think that there's a lot of people who have existing um, followings. And like you mentioned, they don't have to be ginormous. They just have to be engaged. And especially if they're engaged and, and niched down, like if you can say exactly who they are, um, then you can find the right relationships that are going to work for those people. And that's what they're going to get when they, when they attend your session. So I encourage everybody, if you haven't already grabbed your free ticket, head over to becomeinfluential.com. Those tickets are available now. Grab your free ticket and make sure that you show up for Brittany's session on Friday. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us for a quick little preview today. And of course, for putting together all of the resources for the summit itself.
1: Awesome, Meg. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really can't wait until Friday the 12th to continue delivering more value and answering questions. It's going to be awesome.
0: It is. Thanks, Brittany. We're all busy. I get that. Believe me. But before you do anything else, hop over to becomeinfluential.com and grab your free ticket to the Become Influential Virtual Summit. It's happening June 8th through 12th and you definitely don't want to miss it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.